listening to ESPN 1063's Honda Classic coverage, presented by Gosling's Rum, the official rum and ginger beer of the Honda Classic. Also brought to you by Quelliv, the Orange Bowl, Kaiser University, Eisner Affer, and Brightline. Ah, the Honda Classic rolls so hard. Day two here at the Honda Classic here on ESPN 106.3. We're broadcasting live all the all the names you know and you love or you hate, depending on how you look at it. We're all out here. Me, Ken Levicka, that's Stone Lebanowitz. Josh Cohen's out here. Evan Cohen in just a couple of minutes. Jeanette Javier is going to be out and on with Evan starting at 2 o'clock. They're 2 o'clock, right? They are 2 o'clock. Julian Saldivar, Deporte 760. Dean, Tina, the entire crew, we're out here. Come check us out right off of the 10th tee where we're all camped out for uh, the foreseeable future. When we get off the air, I'm going to go find a dry erase board and I'm going to put on it. Uh, who is your least favorite ESPN West Palm host? And oh, or, you're going to do sort of a straw poll here. Like yeah, and you just to... throw a tally on there as you walk by uh-huh. with an Expo marker, and I would be curious to see who comes out on top there. Who is the least favorite? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm probably at the top of that list. <laughs> you might be. Uh, I don't even think there's any doubt, to be quite honest And I would love you. nothing more for you to blow competition out of the water uh-huh. with tally marks. Yeah. Uh, I, I already see how this is going to go. <laughs> uh, I wonder if you'd feel great sympathy for me. We've been talking about... The, uh, the, the, sports, the, the, the person in sports you have the greatest sympathy for. Because uh, I'm there with Russell Wilson, and I can't believe it because I make fun of Russell Wilson as much as anybody. But it's just, it, it feels like it's one thing after another, one thing after another. And for people that are pieces of crap, like, I don't think it bothers them. Like, fine, the haters, the haters, the haters, right? Like, that's Trolls. their favorite word. They're haters, they're trolling me. But you're a pile of trash, so you're used to people saying bad things about you, getting negative press, and you move on. Russell Wilson never had any of that. He went through an entire NFL career being beloved. Uh, we brought him into our collective football bosoms and said, we love you. We love you, Russ. You're one of us, uh, and we love to see you uh, traipse your way through defenses and throw over the top of NFL defenses and go Hawks and the entire thing. And now, over the last 13 months, it's been nothing but bad for Russell Wilson. There hasn't been one singular uh, positive thing about Russell Wilson over the last 13 months. And I actually, because it's such uncharted territory for someone that I believe to be a good person, I feel badly for him and I feel sympathy for him. Uh, Who in sports do you feel the most sympathy for? Stone says Tua uh, for obvious reasons. 888-760-3776-888-760-3776-888-760-3776 and on Twitter at KLV1063. Audible Assassin Christian Cat. Do we still have Nick in West Palm? We absolutely do. Nick is in West Palm on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Nick? Hey, how you doing? Uh, grateful to be on the show, first time. I love listening to you guys. Uh, get you. me through my day working for Amazon. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, so, I, yeah, thank you. Um, going to a different sports side of things, and I haven't heard much about him very often, or at least within the last year, I'd have to go with Ben Simmons, just because of mm-hmm. how the fallout was, the max contract, uh-huh. and uh, I mean, he got his max contract, and now he's afraid to shoot the ball. So, you know, I feel the deepest sympathy, I guess, for him, and then while I was on hold, I was thinking about it, even though they're not singular players, I would have to go with uh, also the Broncos and the Packers organization, just because of, you know, the hypothetical if Sean Payton doesn't do good, or Russell Wilson performs, then, you know, they have a boatload of picks that's out the door, and reshaping could be difficult with the cap space. And then the Packers, 
you're in the dark until this guy, Aaron Rodgers, who's a prima donna of all sports. No pun intended. Ends up saying, yeah, yeah, no pun intended. And, uh, you know, you're waiting on this guy to make a decision for your organization to go further. So, you know, it's kind of a tie between those two organizations and two people for me because I had Markel Fultz also on my mind as well. Nice. Yeah, and, and, and appreciate the call, Nick. Um, the Ben Simmons one, is there any such thing any longer as a Ben Simmons fan? Like, that's an honest question. Does Ben Simmons have one singular fan left? It's a great question. Sitting right here. And it's a great call from Nick there. Yeah, I think Christian I've never, I've never met a Ben Simmons fan, at least in the last two years. Well, it's the self-loathing Brooklyn Nets fans that are then by default Ben Simmons fans. Christian most likely being one of them, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have some compassion, okay? Have some <laughs> compassion. That's why he's... That was one of the best calls uh, I've ever heard on the station. Nick uh, and West Palm, you're open to call in any time you want. That's a guy who has compassion. Marco Fultz went through the same thing because both those guys, Simmons, Fultz, Philadelphia sports fans, they take its toll, man. They take its toll. I do love the call from Nick there, though, because why, why, why do we keep doing this with Ben Simmons? Well, because he is very talented, and he showed flashes in 2020 of being a perennial all-star, being uh, an incredible talent. But the, here's the problem with Ben Simmons, and this is why all, all, all Christian wants to do is talk about how, oh, you have to have compassion for you him. You do. And, and it's such a Nets homer thing to do, what, what Christian's doing right now. But also, why hasn't he gotten better? Why hasn't he developed a jump shot? And the conventional wisdom is he hasn't put in the time and it is very difficult to say ah Ben Simmons I believe in him when he clearly has not put in the time to actually improve the facets of his game that he struggles with LeBron James was not a good natural shooter I want to the NBA I want to throw what did LeBron do he put in work he developed a good mid-range shot turned it into a good long-range three-point shot Ben Simmons has done none of those things to the point where he's scared to take a three-pointer he has not gotten better in any aspect of the game and then the injuries hit and now he's just screwed I want to throw up we, we have some compassion on a, yeah. a, a, on a serious have some no, compassion for a guy who's not going to put the work in no. on a seri- but, but if see- I if I and I guess most of the time so, I do suck on radio but if I if I uh, just absolutely if I absolutely just tanked it where I sat down here at PGA National and I'm just I don't know I'm burping into the microphone for two hours just <laughs> totally just totally uh, mailing it in to get a paycheck I'd understand if people were mad at me that's a Ben Simmons so I was just about to say this before you said that Ben Simmons right the most the majority of the people who hate on Ben Simmons are the ones who couldn't make a layup if their life depended on it how do you Ken Levicka sitting in PGA National right now inside I, am the I ropes, an NBA player dude how, how do you know that he's not putting in the work is what I'm going to ask you because, like it's almost the most disrespectful thing that you could I'm, possibly I'm say relying, I'm relying on reports that have been written from people who know whether or not Ben Simmons has been putting in the work. Just the same guy who writes the same I'm reports that ben Daniel Simmons. You, the, you think the same people who put out the reports that Daniel Jones was asking for forty-five million dollars, and that came out that it wasn't so wait, true. So what should I feel sympathy for then for Ben Simmons if if he if he ends up if he hasn't put the work in, okay, or if he allegedly, has, but or if he has put the work in and he's still bad. Why should I feel sympathy a for lot, that? A lot of the guys that get drafted in that 1 to 10 range get put through the mental torture chamber. And some of them can't recover. So then, some of them aren't built to recover from it. Like, we have to have compassion for this. To say he's not putting the work is blasphemy. He's an NFL athlete. He gets NBA. he puts in 
He, he puts Maybe in that's the, his problem. He's, he, he's an NFL <laughs> athlete trying to play in the NBA. This guy puts in, God, if you could just see, and I haven't even seen with my own eyes, but and you Wait, have so more how, than I have, how, how much you know, work that these guys know, put in? How, how do you know what work he's put in when you've never been to a singular NBA practice? Because you've never seen Ben Simmons. You're trying to tell me like you know firsthand. No, ben I just, I just quote unquote said that I don't know firsthand, but these guys have okay, schedules. Woj. These guys have personal trainers. These guys don't leave the facility. So to claim that Ben Simmons isn't putting in the work is like one of the most wildly disrespectful things you can say about a guy who gets paid millions of dollars. Again, I'm not reporting this firsthand. This is every indication from every insider that has ever talked about Ben Simmons over the last three years. It fell apart in Philadelphia because he wasn't putting the work in to improve his game, and then he fell out of favor with the likes of Joel Embiid and the rest of that roster, and uh, then injuries struck. Because he's mentally a child. Okay. Well, that's what we have to chalk a lot of this up to. Like, he ain't built for it. All right, fine. Here, I feel bad for Ben Simmons that he doesn't have the mental fortitude to be an NBA player, and I also think he sucks. Whoa. I love that. I love that. You can. I'll rock out with both of those two. But okay. to say he's not putting in the work. Those is, can be mutually exclusive. Yes. But how do you know he's putting in the work? How do you know he's not putting in the work? Because there is more evidence of that based on what you read than what you're claiming that he's some massive put your nose to the grindstone type of NBA player. I'm just saying there's nothing to be spoken on that subject. Like whatever reports, I'm just gonna. I would just throw out a bunch of ghost reports as well that that Russ said he wanted Pete Carroll fired. We don't know if that's true. That Daniel Jones asked for 45 million dollars. That came out that it wasn't true. So we're blindly following these reports, watching this guy brick jumper after jumper after jumper, and then blaming it on the James Harden style where he goes out to the club too much. Like, who are we almost in a sense? It's like me and you couldn't even hit a jump shot if we were given 100 chances. We're going after Ben well, Simmons. It's speak tough. for yourself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself, dude. Uh, let's, not, let's not get crazy, okay? Ken LaVega live here on ESPN 106.3. Before we get to social media, who in sports do you have the greatest sympathy for right now? The Audible Assassin, the Ben Simmons apologist, Christian Cat is going to tell us who is at the top of the Honda Classic leaderboard here round number two on Friday. Christian, what are we looking at? Oh, we just had a big uh, jump from a tied for first, Uh-oh. now standing alone in first place. He is the pride of San Jose, California, 25 years old. Justin Sue, world-ranked 117. He is now standing alone atop of the Honda Classic at 10 under. He finished up the round with a birdie to give him that lone spot, passing Chris Kirk, who had the best round of anyone all tournament so far. Chris Kirk was awesome today. An 8-under round. He's now at 9-under, one shot off the lead. i got to tell you. They're making PGA National look easy. Ten under, nine under, uh, halfway through Friday. I mean, kudos. This happens every year. As soon as the wind picks up tomorrow, the bear trap becomes impossible. All of those numbers are about to start coming down. I, I, I again, I just, I know how this place works. I've, I it, have been out here. Every year for the last 17 years, I understand how the weekend works. The wind picks up. It's going to get warmer, and that wind's going to whip across the lake here. Uh, on 18, 17 is going to become difficult. 16 is going to be damn near impossible. Those numbers are coming down. I mean, it literally happened last year. When yeah. You look at Daniel Florida Berger had a five-shot lead going oh, into Sunday. I was going to say, Florida State's Daniel Berger, I mean, he was an odds-on. He was a heavy favorite coming into Saturday and Sunday. And uh, what happened there? Yeah, I think we all know yeah, it wasn't what great. happened there. It wasn't great at all. Uh, you know what is great, though? If you're coming out to PGA National and you don't want to take your car, because why would you? D- d- don't, don't take your automobile. And especially if you're coming from the south, if you're coming from Boca, if you're coming from Fort Lauderdale, if you're listening to us on the ESPN app, use Brightline. 
use Brightline, and then from the gorgeous West Palm Station, just ride share up to Palm Beach Gardens PGA National. It's perfect. It's stress-free. It's carefree. It's Brightline. Brightline, Stone's experienced it. It is um, It's a heavenly experience, if you believe in that sort of thing, because it's the air conditioning. It's the Wi-Fi. It's the, uh, the snacks and the drinks. If you're in the premium seating, the stations are just immaculate. West Palm, Boca, Fort Lauderdale, Aventura, Miami, Brightline Central Station. You can't go wrong with Brightline. Go Brightline.com, the free Brightline app. Don't get caught in traffic. Coming up here today from my home to PGA National, I mean, it's construction. And it's brake lights, and it's frustration. Old people. And, 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 and the, the old people in Quebec and New York and all the license plates that you fear in season because it means that you're going to crawl along the interstate or crawl along the turnpike or crawl uh, along the Ave. And so that's why you use Brightline. GoBrightline.com, the free Brightline app. GoBrightline.com, the free Brightline app that is Brightline. Make it Brightline and get yourself to PGA National for the Honda Classic. When we come back, the worst player on the Live Tour is trash-talking the PGA Tour. Oh, boy. He's still in the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You're listening to ESPN 106.3's Honda Classic coverage, presented by Gosling's Rum, the official rum and ginger beer of the Honda Classic. Also brought to you by Quelliv, the Orange Bowl, Kaiser University, Eisner Amper, and Brightline. Seven days from now, it's 20 for 20. It's 20 straight hours of live local radio on ESPN 106.3 to celebrate the 20th anniversary of ESPN West Palm. Friday, March 3rd, ESPN West Palm turns 20. We're giving you the gift. You're welcome. Join us for ESPN West Palm's 20 for 20, 20 consecutive hours, live local radio right here on ESPN 106.3. We are going straight through midnight to 8 p.m. live and local on ESPN 106.3. The 20th anniversary of ESPN West Palm, 2420. Your favorite current and former honor personalities are going to throw the ultimate party to celebrate 20 years of ESPN West Palm defining sports in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. ESPN West Palm's 20 for 20, Friday, March 3rd, midnight to 8 p.m. right here on ESPN 106.3. Are you doing... uh, are you doing morning shift there? Are you doing an afternoon shift? What's your deal? Start. Right, I believe I uh, the earliest I go is at 8 a.m. Okay. And I'll get off around 4, 6 p.m. So I got a, a, pr- a pretty healthy normal there slot. You there you go. That's you did. You did. You have come a long way in a short amount of time. That is a fairly normal on-air slot. You avoided the 3 a.m. Avoid. That was all that mattered. You avoided the 3 a.m. I avoided the pajama wearing party. Well done. Well done. You know what though? Pajama party sounds fun. Midnight to 8 p.m. Again, next Friday, ESPN's 20 for 20, celebrating the ESPN West Palm 20th anniversary. Let's uh, go to social media. Who in sports do you feel sympathy towards? Uh, James tweets in, at KLV1063, I have sympathy for Tua. The criticism thrown at him so far in his career is just insane. He's been very good, and he should have his best year with year two of McDaniel in 2023. That Marino shadow is apparently never going away for any Miami quarterback. And it's not just the Marino thing, though, because Dolphins fans aren't necessarily the ones piling on him or saying that he doesn't add up. It's the outsiders who take great joy, great glee in continually taking their shots 
at Tua and then disingenuously worrying about his well-being when he suffers a concussion. Do you think there's something to that Dan Marino shadow, though? Yeah, sure. I, mean, I think every organization goes through that, though. Like, the Colts, it's rare. The, the Packers, it's rare right. where you have a transcendent quarterback and an all-timer, greatest to ever play that position for that team, and then you follow it up with someone who is as good or better at that position that comes up right behind him. Those are rare instances, and Marino is more the, the norm. I think it's one of the most unfair things we do in sports, and honestly, hate to do it, but I would compare it to the mental situation that a guy like Ben Simmons has to go through. Now, he had no shadow that he had to fall into, but... but like you still, but what? How is how Tua being a Marino shadow? What does that have to do with Ben Simmons? Whose shadow is he in? <laughs> it's not that he's in a shadow, but it's mentally the things that you have to get over. It's these hurdles you have to jump that a lot of players aren't able to do. So, so for Tua, you know, when he takes a picture with Dan Marino at his luau, like that goes viral. Like he constantly knows this is something that he has to deal with, and mentally, it might beat you down as a player. It might beat you. Ben Simmons obviously has nobody in his shadow. He's not in anybody's shadow, but it's still this mental thing that a lot of these guys get beat down by. But I by. think that's just more of a fan expectation, like Dolphins. It is. Caught up in. So I don't know if that's like, personally, I don't think a, a mental limitation that Ben Simmons has is akin to uh, Tua being in the shadow of Dan Marino in the eyes of, of Dolphins fans. I don't I think, think fan expectations turns into piling on. It, it does, but Ben Simmons, there's no, there's no like former great where right. it was like, oh, can this man and be the next uh, Julius Irving. Nobody said that, uh, like with with Dan Marino and, and Tua. But that's more of a Dolphins fan problem than it is a, a Tua problem. I firmly believe that. That said, that's something Dolphins fans need to get over. But I don't think that there is that issue there. And and Dan Marino, we're talking about a guy who's like 12, 13 quarterbacks removed from Tua. So it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter. I don't think it's there. I think it's more of a oh, that's nice. Yeah, but I don't think fans see it as that. They're always comparing the two. We saw it actually mid-season when they were doing graphics, you know, through 11 weeks in their MVP years, quote-unquote MVP years. Like, they did compare the Dan Marino yeah, to Yeah, but that's going to be natural. It's just two different generations of quarterback, though, too. Like, I don't think that's as prevalent as the way that, that James is making it out to be. Shout out Chad Pennington. Uh, yes. Yeah, shout, shout out indeed. Uh, Daniel tweets in. Mark Jackson, my man's got the team he built stolen from him and gets no credit. I'm going to die on this hill. Mark Jackson should get more credit for the Golden State Warriors. Agree or disagree, Stone Lebanowitz? I guess I agree. Should he get some of the love that Steve Kerr has roundly enjoyed heaped upon him? Yeah, I think it's a uh, very well said, actually, because I think Steve does get more of the credit than he actually deserves. So I love that call from Mark Jackson. And I think more people pile on Mark Jackson for no reason because they think it's funny. So but I, I think it's a great I one. I also think there's a reason Mark Jackson never got another head coaching job after the Warriors let him go in favor of Steve Kerr. I, I tend to think Mark Jackson does not win a championship with the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr knew what he had going in and has maximized and has juggled the egos and the drama extremely well to an extent that I don't think Mark Jackson would be able to. And I don't think Eric Bieniemy would win a Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs without Andy Reid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Tomato, tomato. I guess it really depends how you want to look at it, like what your perspective is. But, but again, this is like false claiming from but a lot I of also, us fans. But if you're the Golden State Warriors, you obviously made the right decision. Mark Jackson would not have done a better job 
than Steve Kerr did. Very well said. Um, I don't. He wouldn't have exceeded it. Maybe he would have claimed a title, but you can't. You can't argue that. Ultimately, even though it might be unfair to Mark Jackson, the guy who maximized what they have has been sitting on that bench now for several years. Uh, Tony tweets in, I feel great sympathy for Kyrie Irving because so many people go down a YouTube rabbit hole and are misinformed, like Kyrie. He was sincere in his apology, the third one. So what, he didn't get vaccinated? Did it hurt our pockets or our reputations the way it did his? No, but he was acting like a dope. By the way, the universe is flat. Who cares about the Earth's shape? Well, I mean, sure. But also, the earth shape does matter um, as well. Now, the thing with Kyrie, the third apology was so sincere that he deleted it once he got to Dallas. So, I don't know how sincere that actually was. And I will, since, since it's now relevant, Stone, um, where you have uh, Myers Leonard signed the 10-day contract with the Milwaukee Bucks, and he's addressed his anti-Semitic slur that has kept him out of the NBA for the last couple of years. Um, the way that that uh, Myers Leonard handled his situation compared to Kyrie, sort of a half-assed apology, and then sort of, ah, let's just be done with it. Myers Leonard very much, and some people might disagree with me, Myers Leonard very much deserves the chance he's getting with the Milwaukee Bucks because he's followed every step the exact way he should after the fact and has shown great remorse for what happened. And I do believe him when he says, you know what, I've heard the word and I didn't actually know what it meant. It's not excusing it. I believe him. But then from that, he has learned and it has opened up his mind an awful lot. And I feel like best case scenario has come out of that. I want to agree with you, but we're talking about two different extremes here, right? Kyrie Irving in his own head is allowed to do whatever he wants to do and say whatever he wants to say because he knows he'll still be in the league. Myers now needs to own up instantaneously because he says, hey, I might not ever get a shot to play the sport of basketball so he, again. I have to do whatever I can to make this so thing he, right. So he had to, and, and I believe that his remorse is genuine. I do as well. I don't think he's faking it, but I guess you are right. Myers Leonard ain't getting back into the NBA unless he goes through all of the steps he has gone through to learn, to acknowledge, to meet people, to have discussions. Kyrie didn't have to do any of that. Right. And, you, you know, the, the Nets gave him a checklist. He didn't want to do any of that stuff. And imagine, just imagine, put in perspective here, if, if, if Myers Leonard covered up the Nike logo like Kyrie did in this All-Star mm -hmm. game, like the Outlash. But, like, Kyrie is allowed to do that because he's going to go give you buckets on Thursday night against the San Antonio Spurs. It's sure. just kind of the way professional sports works. Honestly, any level of sports works, to be honest. Yeah. I, I just – I. I don't feel sympathy for Kyrie. Part of the reason is that he creates his own issues. Kyrie is Kyrie's worst enemy. If you continue to say things and do things and tweet things that are bringing this level of attention to you, then that's on you. That's not anybody else. That's on you. If I sit here and people are walking in and I'm, I'm just judging them, I'm saying, oh, those shoes suck. Oh, that shirt sucks. That's why that I have visor glasses sucks. On. Right. And, and people are coming up and they want to fight me. That's, um, that's on me. That's not on those people. That's on me. I'm bringing that out. Why are, you, why are you trying to fight me? Oh, because you've been disrespecting everybody that comes through. That's on me. Kyrie has been Kyrie's worst enemy. That's why I have no sympathy for the man. Do you at least feel sympathy for the busted and almost burnt reputation? Or no, you think it's deserving and he should loathe in that? No, because he, I think he thinks 
that there is a society of free thinkers that say Kyrie is right on. I don't think he thinks his reputation is busted. I think he thinks wow. that there are aspects of society that are just out to get him, but there's a greater community that accepts Kyrie and his thoughts because he's right and he's on the right side of things. So, no, I don't think he even thinks he has a burned legacy. I think, I mean, we've called him delusional. He lives in delusions. So I don't think he thinks that that uh, he has anybody that's burned his legacy to the ground. Not going to lie, you just blew my mind. When we talk about players' reputations and how it's affected them, you it's might how be, they view themselves. You might be right. These athletes don't mm -hmm. think their reputation has taken any hit whatsoever. But, but think about it. The difference between, uh, like, I guarantee you today, Russell Wilson's thinking about his Absolutely. legacy and his reputation and how much of a hit it's taken. Kyrie, he woke up. He went down a YouTube wormhole. He thanked a higher power for his flat earth, and then he went to practice. And I thought about this with Aaron Rodgers. He comes out of this darkness retreat, right? He gets a glimpse of social media. He gets a glimpse of what some of these guys and are saying And he pays attention to what people radio. say. And I think he does, but I think he might do it methodically, right? Just my guess. But I do think that he is sitting on his couch... And he's laughing at us. I, I, I genuinely now, think Aaron Rodgers is laughing at us going, wow. Now, I don't... This is the poll I have? I see what you're saying. I get the sense, though, that Aaron Rodgers is more sensitive to the criticism than he tries to let on. He'll go on Pat McAfee and he'll say, hey, you know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm that guy. And uh, if, if the detractors want to continue to throw shots at me, so be it. But... The fact that he's continually bringing that up, and he does so often in his weekly appearance with Pat, with Pat McAfee, I think that the negative attention does bother him. I think there's a little bit of LeBron in Aaron Rodgers that he likes to be liked. He likes to be loved. He loves being brought into uh, th that football or that societal bosom more than he lets on. So I agree with you, but I do think that Pat McAfee and him have a good enough relationship that when he is asked a question, he does answer it truthfully. A lot. Oh, no, of no, no doubt. I'm not saying he's lying about anything. I wish he would lie about more stuff because he wouldn't sound so stupid sometimes. Right, so I think that we do get more than we ask for when he's asked a question from a guy like Pat McAfee. Like mm -hmm. He does keep it in wraps when it's regular oh, no. I'm not saying media. Aaron Rodgers is insincere. I think he's very sincere in the things he says. What I'm saying, though, is I think when he says that, ah, uh, the haters are going to hate. Uh, detractors uh, doesn't mean anything to me. I just laugh at that. He's actually, he is sensitive to it. It's why he talks about cancel culture and he talks about woke culture because he, he wants to be loved. He doesn't understand why people don't think the way he does. So, yes, he is sensitive to it in a sense, and that's, why, that's the one thing I don't buy from him is that he just lets that stuff roll off his back. That's not the case. That's think, not the case. I think you might be right there. I think he is affected a lot more than we think, but he does a great job. He does a great job at laughing it off and acting as if it doesn't affect him. I mean, he has what, a lot of us fools. What concerns does he have? The dude has endless money. The dude is, um, is, is single. He has a great head of hair. What does he have to worry about? I think that's something that fans and trolls and everybody on Twitter needs to realize. Like, the more you go after this guy, like, the less that is getting accomplished here. Like, these are guys well, that, who that, have... That goes for anything. It does go for anything, but... And like, I'm just as guilty of it as anybody, and I, I totally acknowledge that, but that's just not the way that the world works. Right. I, I mean, I guess I, if I could show people that, that you are a little blip when it comes to these guys' lives or, or getting good, in with the narrative. Good luck getting that through. It's, in it's, the social media era, ugh. everybody is the center of attention. Ugh. I mean, come on. Good luck. You're right, 
but good luck. That's wise beyond your 24 years, but ain't going to happen, brother. But there are guys out there like Nick driving around. Shout out Nick, Amazon driver, who said, have some compassion for guys like Ben Simmons. Like, they're out there. These people exist. Like, those are the ones that we need to capitalize on. Ben Simmons, on. I have great sympathy for <laughs> you that you have not gotten better at any aspect of the sport of basketball in the last five years. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. It is round number two Friday at PGA National in this Honda Classic. And, hey, it is hot. I mean, look, look at my shirt. It is moist, and I'm going to have to own this the rest of the day. Hey, partner. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for listening to the show. Sweat. It's hot and gross. I don't want it to be this hot, this gross in my home. And for some of you, that's going to be your reality. I hate to say it. If you're coming out to PGA National, there is a good percentage. Some of you are going to go back home. You're going to flip on your air, or your air was on when you left, and you get home, and you know the feeling when your AC has gone out. You walk in the door, and you have a blast of humid air. It's like a furnace because you're not expecting it. It throws you off, and you're like, uh-oh, AC's broken. This right now is the time of the year to repair or replace that AC unit. And the only people to trust, EDS, EDS Air Conditioning, edsairconditioning.com. EDS is, yes, they're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. EDS has been doing it since 2006. They're family-owned and operated, servicing Palm Beach County and surrounding areas. EDS, they're setting up appointment schedules around you. Oh, Mrs. Fleming, uh, what time are you going to be home? Oh, well, between 1 and 4. A lot of companies will say, oh, well, we'll be there between i don't know 11 and 8 30 uh no, no no not eds they are they are working around your schedule they are tops when it comes to customer service and now repair or replace eds air conditioning repair or replace your ac unit now is the time because it's it's hot winter's over kiddos it is hot and we're going to be in summer through november eds air conditioning eds is yes eds air conditioning.com that's eds air conditioning eds air conditioning.com He's Stone the Banowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live at ESPN 106.3. You're listening to ESPN 106.3's Honda Classic coverage, presented by Gosling's Rum, the official rum and ginger beer of the Honda Classic. Also brought to you by Quelliv, the Orange Bowl, Kaiser University, Eisner Affer, and Brightline. Hey, uh, guess, um, guess what gets going this weekend, Stone? I'll do my best sound effect. Uh, that could have been uh, someone hitting a golf ball. Could have been a car crash. Could have been an explosion. Let me try again. Steroid! Nicely done. That's right. Spring training at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches. That was a uh, much more easy to uh, translate sound effect. Though, the crack of the bat, I knew where you were going with that. You'll hear that. No, that's not it either. And more, especially if you rear-end the person in the parking lot. <laughs> At the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, get your spring training tickets, ballparkpalmbeaches.com, ballparkpalmbeaches.com. It is literal minutes from our comfy cozy cove here at pga national honda classic on this friday ballpark of the palm beaches if you like sunshine you like sports there's the honda classic there is spring training baseball there's the ballpark of the palm beaches there's Jeanette javier in-game host world champion houston astros they call the ballpark of the palm beaches home washington nationals call the ballpark of the palm beaches home spring training underway this weekend don't 
miss it. It is a rite of passage. It is a ritual here in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. Spring training. Get your tickets. Ballparkpalmbeaches.com. Ballparkpalmbeaches.com. One more time. That's ballparkpalmbeaches.com. The ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Um, Audible Assassin Christian Cat. Did I um did I send you the audio of Pat Perez? Oh yeah. Okay. Pat Perez is a member of Live Golf. Hey, let's hear it for Live Golf, everybody. <laughs> Oh, man, that was funny. Uh, There was no reaction, by the way, for those of you scoring at home. Pat Perez has the opening Live Golf Tournament of the Year at Mayacoba in Mexico. Uh, Pat Perez spoke before his opening round, which is today from Mayacoba in Mexico, Live Golf. Pat Perez was was talking about what he was looking forward to most. Here is Pat Perez, Live Superstar. Your feelings about starting this season doing the kickoff here in Mexico? I love it because we're here and the tour's not. Oh! (laughs) Pat Perez. End quote. (laughs) (laughs) let's hear it one more time the venerable pat perez live golfer on his feelings about starting this season doing the kickoff here in mexico i love it because we're here and the tour's not end quote (laughs) Oh, you got him, Pat. Pat Perez, who is arguably the worst golfer on Live Golf. Pat Perez, who wouldn't be doing anything except playing on the Corn Ferry Tour if he wasn't playing a team sport now with Live Golf. Uh, He would be relegated to that, or he'd be selling cars somewhere. Uh, Pat Perez, last time he played at Mayakoba, by the way, on the PGA Tour, what happened to him? He got cut. He got he he got cut because if it wasn't for Live Golf, Pat Perez would never make a weekend uh, on the PGA Tour, especially here at PGA National. So it's all good and happy times that Pat Perez is pleased that there's no PGA Tour golfer to be seen at Mayacoba this week in Mexico City. They're here in Palm Beach Gardens at PGA National. And if Pat Perez was here. In Palm Beach Gardens at PGA National this weekend at the Honda Classic. You would not see him tomorrow. This would be the last day that we saw Pat Perez here at PGA National for the Honda Classic. So, Pat Perez, you dope. For you to sit here and to trash talk the PGA Tour when you are the singular worst golfer in Live Golf, who would not be in the sport anymore if it wasn't for Live being a team game. Shut up. A few things. He is on Team Aces with uh, your other favorite golfer. Patrick Reed. Oh, the cheater? Oh, I don't want to get sued. Sorry. Alleged cheater, Patrick Reed. So it makes a lot of sense there, the passion that Another you obviously dope. show. And then, two, have you ever had to perform the old media fake laugh? Because <laughs> I'm so good at that. Are you? I'm great. Here, do you want to do a, uh, a mock? No, uh, I don't. I want to do I, a mock uh, I, press conference? No, I more so want to recall examples of you where you've had to laugh at a, a professional athlete bust terrible joke or say something that was not funny at but all. I need to be I need to be put in the mood um, here say something so you corny to me I'll be on the podium you yeah, report yeah. to me no let's just pretend you're at Southern Illinois okay, okay. that's fine um, alright uh, Stone, Stone, you had four touchdown passes today against uh, North Dakota State. Wow. When you're on a roll like that, when you're in the zone, what are the conversations like on the sideline with your receivers? <sighs> Don't even have to speak. I just uh, throw touchdown passes. <laughs> 
There's my fake laugh. Yeah, I mean, you do it more often than not. In yeah. most audios that we play, there like, are... Ah! <laughs> oh, you can go like high, <laughs> low. <laughs> Is it an obligation? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's any, because you want to make them comfortable. You want to make them comfortable with where they're. Uh, they they want they want I want them to think that that I'm their boy. Yeah, it was good stuff. Good good humorous stuff. Okay, that makes sense. To be one because <laughs> because because now when I'm walking out off that podium and I see the guy who was laughing really hard, now I give him what's up, man? What's your name? And so so that's kind yeah. of the goal and all these things. It's always confused me because what about not laughing? What about leaving Pat Prez out to dry in a situation like that? Well, but, but then he got the fake laugh at the end. Let's hear it one more time, Kristen. Let's hear it one more time. This is, again, the worst golfer on Live Golf who would not make the cut here at PGA National. He would already be eight over by this point uh, if he was playing still on the PGA Tour here at the Honda Classic. But here's Pat Perez trash-talking the PGA Tour and the fake media laugh at the end. What's your feelings about starting this season doing the kickoff here in Mexico? I love it because we're here and the tour's not. End quote. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Oh, Pat, you're so funny. You and your greasy hair. (laughs) What a joke. I'm thinking about it. I mean, Pat Perez, of all people, can't. He shouldn't open his mouth about anything. He is, he is, Pat Perez on Live Golf is literally, like, I, when I went to Chicago this weekend, I had my kids on a sled, first time seeing snow, and I was pulling them along, pulling them along, don't worry, daddy's got you. Who's on Team Aces with him? Patrick Reed and Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson is, is Pat <laughs> Perez's daddy, just pulling him through Live Golf and helping him make money. He, he's his sled daddy. Pat Perez should never talk any trash about anybody because he is hot golf trash. Especially from a tour, speaking of the PJ Tour, that's made him over $30 million. That's right. what you get on. Back when he actually could golf, and now he can't golf, and so that's why he's at Mayakoba, where there's no PGA Tour players. <laughs> what a dope. <sighs> Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, Evan Cohen and Jeanette Javier and Steve Palatine are in mere moments uh, here on ESPN 106.3. You brought a um, you brought a lunchbox today, Stone. Yeah, I did. Um. I have not used a lunchbox in no, I don't know, twenty years. When 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 you were a kid, when you were a kid, what was uh, Mama Stone buying you? What was like your favorite lunchbox that you would bring to school? Did you ever have a lunchbox, or were you just brown bagging it? <laughs> Relax, okay. I never brown bagged a day in my life. All right, because you have a lunchbox today. Twenty-four-year-old Stone Labanowitz brought a lunchbox to PGA National, a a a beautiful resort in a beautiful part of the country here in Palm Beach County, and you brought a lunchbox when you could go inside and have a delectable meal. So I think that the staple for me was the kettle-cooked jalapeno chips in a Ziploc bag. I would then go with some Cheez-Its, probably hot and spicy, and then just shredded chicken breast, and then I would have a a side cup of buffalo sauce. That was something that I can remember being a staple in my life growing up. But what about the type of lunchbox? The type of lunchbox, because my most prized possession, lunchbox-wise growing up, when I was in first grade, Great call. I had a Ghostbusters 2 lunchbox. It was a tin. And that was my pride and joy, and it was a hard lunchbox. It wasn't any of this cloth soft nonsense. It was a hard lunchbox that had the latches on both sides, and you'd open up, be an apple. Thanks, Joyce. Appreciate that. How about Pat? some Cheetos? Let's go. Peanut butter and jelly or a turkey uh, sandwich? 
Ken likes it. Little Ken. Little Kenny. Now, my head was very small. I had big ears. I hadn't quite grown into them. But where my inspiration came from, my confidence came from, is that everybody loved my Ghostbusters 2 hard lunchbox. Yeah, your sidekick is a lot younger than you, obviously. Yeah. I never... Um, you never fully appreciated Ghostbusters, and that's okay. Yeah, never that. And I never shared a table with anybody who slapped down a tin lunchbox. <laughs> it wasn't tin. It was plastic. <laughs> lo- it was not a tin lunchbox. I, I didn't bring a lunch pail <laughs> to first grade. So, yeah, I always had the basic, right? I was a construction <laughs> worker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were. You slapped. The tin and the, <laughs> the latches popped off. Clink. Hey, clink. what's up, guys? What did you think of uh, three plus three today? <laughs> <laughs> so no, I just had your, your basic lunchbox. I thought. I, I apologize. I originally thought you were asking about what was in the lunchbox. Oh, no, 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 no. It was just your basic, right? Your rectangular one. You zip open. You pop the top, and you get. Oh, busy. so you did have a cloth soft lunchbox. So there was no like uh, cartoon. There was no He-Man. There was no like Pokemon. No nothing. No, it was never one of that. I just oh, had man. the drop top. Uh, Lunchbox most of the time. You know who I am almost certain had a specialty lunchbox growing up is the audible assassin Christian Cat. <laughs> Christian, Dude, what? Uh, am I? Am I? Uh, wait, do you mean to tell me you never had like a, a a lunchbox that was like themed? My Ghostbusters two lunchbox in lunchbox in first grade is still one of my greatest childhood memories. Never. Um, uh, you never had. Like a, a lunchbox with a character or anything on it? Always bought lunch or just waited till I got home from school? What is wrong with you people? He's Lunchboxes when you were in grade school was the greatest thing. It was like a backpack. You got a new backpack every year. You got a new lunchbox He's every lying. year. Christian's lying. I saw a picture on My wife Facebook. has a Spider-Man lunchbox still. I saw a Stop. picture on Christian's Facebook in second grade of his Johnny Damon tin lunch pail that he had from the New York Yankees. I mean, I could 100%. He's had a character on a lunchbox. I don't think Johnny Damon was on the Yankees. Yankees when I was in second grade. Just saying. <laughs> I don't know why you know I'm such a big Johnny Wait. Damon stan, but yeah. Jeanette, what was your lunchbox growing up? No, my lunchbox now. Oh, her lunchbox now. What is Baby it? Baby Yoda. Oh, Baby Yoda. She has a ba- she has she has grow a great up. school lunchbox now because those rule. Yeah, grow I, up. I'm so disappointed. I, I that was the lunchbox as a kid. I, I felt bad for the kids that brown bagged it. I I truly did. Now I also had a friend who would bring. He'd bring chocolate sandwiches to school. His parents would make him sandwiches with chocolate spread on it. You're just setting your kid up to get bullied there. I'm pretty sure that kid now has diabetes, actually, at an older age. It's guaranteed. Cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect. Thanks, Mom. On that note, thanks for the beatus, Mom. All right, that'll do it for (laughs) us here. Friday at PGA National. Evan's up next with Jeanette Javier. Steve Palatino, he's going to join at some point, I think. Uh, thanks to the audible assassin Christian Cat. That's Stone. I'm Ken. We'll talk to you Monday. Bye-bye.